Hey, Unnaturalists, I'm Emily. I'm Andy. And welcome back to another haunty spook spook. That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. I got yeah. my I got my I'm with creepy shirt on. I am just emanating all of the Halloween vibes today. Well, and w- what our listeners can't see is your I'm with creepy hand is pointing towards my screen. Oh, is it? Technically, you're saying that I'm creepy. Take a screenshot. Oh, actually, I probably could. Anyway, so it's more haunty spook spook, and you've got another one for us. I do. Today, this one actually is kind of indigenous to my home state of Minnesota. Um in in like the forests of the Great Lakes region and the central part of Canada, there is said to live a malevolent being called the Wendigo. This creature may appear as a monster with some human characteristics or as a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them into a monster. It is historically associated with cannibalism, murder, insatiable greed, and cultural taboos against such behaviors. It is known by several names, but this is just kind of the story of the Wendigo. Wendigo. A Wendigo ate my baby. Not we're not going to Australia. We're we're sticking to like the central part of North America. This one. kind of talking about this creature and uh, the quote is by Basil Johnston who is an Ojibwe teacher and scholar who currently resides in Ontario, Canada. He He's kind of, from what I understand, I didn't look too far into him, I just kind of saw this during my research, um, but it sounds like he is um, very well well versed in Um, Native American and Indigenous lore. Mm -hmm. So he said, quote, The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tautly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into its sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body was unclean and suffering from separations of the flesh, giving off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. And this was a beast that lived in the area long before Europeans got here, right? Maybe. Yeah. And we'll get into that a little bit because there are some theories about it. But I, I mentioned before, it kind of goes by different names depending on which like group of peoples we're talking about. Because yeah. um, 
It's been known among the Algonquin, Ojibwe, Eastern Cree. Goes by a lot of different names. Yeah, different names. Uh, the Wendigo, Wittigo, Wittico, and Weetigo. But each of them roughly translates to the evil spirit that devours mankind. Oof. That doesn't sound too good. No. You are right. It does seem like there's beasts like this told throughout the whole world. Yeah. Like every region, whether you're talking Sweden, Africa, Australia, has some sort of beast that's fairly similar to this. Yeah. There's different ways it's been described to look. Um, I kind of gave you a description with that quote by Basil Johnston, but... um, some of them say that these creatures range anywhere from like five to 15 feet tall. Sometimes they are um, very human-like. Some reports say they have horns. Some say they um, kind of have like a white yellowish fur to mm. them and like yellow eyes. Some descriptions they have red eyes, but it seems like despite their physical characteristics, a lot of the descriptions come down to the cultures view them as malevolent, cannibalistic, and supernaturally strong. And, um, you know, they're associated with winter and the north where cold, freezing temperature, famine, and starvation were not uncommon. These things sound like they belong north of the wall. Yeah. If if we were in Westeros, that's definitely where they would belong. Well, like the Algonquin legend describes them as a giant with a heart of ice. And um, sometimes it is thought that the creature is entirely made of ice and its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. So George R. R. Martin got his idea for the White Walkers from the Wendigo. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it does kind of sound like a White Walker now. Made it out does, of ice. a little bit. Well, and I will post pictures on the Instagram so you guys can get a little bit of an idea of what we are talking about here. Next time I'm up in that area, I'm traveling with Dragon Class for sure. Yeah, well, and part of the... Le- and I, both of us actually should probably... Watch out because I'm in Minnesota, you're in South Dakota, which is still like the Wendigo region territory. Yeah, yeah. And according to some legends, if you even talk about it, you are at risk for possession by one. As soon as you just said that, the wind, which hasn't been blowing very much, a giant gust of wind came by my window. It's the Wendigo. <laughs> Or the window. Maybe it's just the window. Anyway, continue. Okay, so let's think about the time here. Like, before North America was colonized, so it's just kind of, you know, indigenous Native Americans just living their best life. But sometimes, especially in the North, when you experience a particularly difficult winter, you might have to do some things that you ordinarily wouldn't to survive such as cannibalism and it is said that if you partake in cannibalism 
you kind of alert the Wendigo to your presence and they will find you, hunt you down and eat you because you ate people. So, okay, like a Native American tribe's going through a particularly harsh winter. And unfortunately, they have to resort to cannibalism. You're saying that's what kind of awakens the Wendigo? Yes. Ooh. And it said there will be no cannibalism in this house. So I'm going to eat you. You decide (laughs) to eat people. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And then according to some other Native American versions of the creature... Um, like I said, they talk about it as being gigantic, over 15 feet tall, and it had once been a human, but was transformed into this creature by magic. And the magic, quote unquote, that is said to have caused this transformation, we're kind of going full circle here again, cannibalism. Cannibalism. Exce- excessive greed. So if you're being a particularly greedy and nasty person, you are at risk for being possessed and transformed into a Wendigo. Your ex better watch out. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) And in the Native American lore, the creature is said to have kind of supernatural skills and powers, like it's super stealthy despite its size. It's, you know, kind of like an apex predator knows knows the territory very well they can like even though they're huge they can darn near move silently and they can control the weather through magic so it's said that um like like if you were out and about and all of a sudden the weather just like drastically changed you could have a wendigo on your tail these creatures are said to be cursed to wander the land for eternity seeking to fill their unquenchable hunger for human flesh. And if there is nothing left to eat, so in the event that humans ever go extinct, that is when it would eventually starve to death. But other legends say that you can kill it with um, like bows and arrows or knives or just like regular old weapons. So I think if you ever do encounter a Wendigo, just... You know, maybe try and kill it if you can. And if it's not dying, run away really fast and never stop running because it will never stop chasing you. Maybe if you go somewhere warm, it won't follow. I'm not entirely sure the logistics of all of that. But so now let's fast forward a little bit to the Europeans coming to North America. Now, There is some discourse among sources on when the legends of the Wendigos actually started. Did it predate colonialism or not? Because some theorize that um, because of all of the atrocious acts committed against the indigenous peoples here, that they created the Wendigo to get the white people to leave them alone. As a source of vengeance, almost. Yeah, or like a warning, like, hey, yeah. you probably don't want to go this way because the super creepy creature lives there and you are full of greed because you are trying mm-hmm. to take our land, so you better watch your back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. But 
this creature is the only like folklore creature that I could find that actually had a medical term associated with it. And what was the medical term? Wendigo psychosis. Now, really? now today it is not recognized. It's like it's rec- it's not like recognized as like a legitimate medical condition. They think if anything, it's more of like like a pseudoscience type right. thing. But um, back in like the late 1600s, early 1700s, I think is when it first kind of popped up. Um, and some psychiatrists considered it a syndrome that creates an intent, quote, an intense craving for human flesh and a fear of becoming a cannibal. Ironically, this psychosis occurs within people living around the Great Lakes of Canada and the United States. Wendigo psychosis usually develops in the winter in individuals who are isolated by heavy snow for long periods. The initial That's symptoms, about to be us. Yeah. <laughs> the initial symptoms are poor appetite, nausea, and vomiting. Subsequently, the individual develops a delusion of being transformed into a Wendigo monster. People who have Wendigo psychosis increasingly see others around them as being edible. At the same time, they have an exaggerated fear of becoming cannibals. Hmm. So maybe Dahmer had something of a Wendigo inside of him. Perhaps. I mean, he was from Wisconsin, right? That's yeah. the Great Lakes area. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fascinating. I, I don't know how, but I've never heard of the Wendigo before. Yeah, and this is kind of perfect. And I didn't even know about this when I first started looking into this because I have heard, you know, stories about the Wendigo. Um, I myself have um, a little bit of Ojibwe ancestry. So I've always been really interested in learning about the tribe and because I'm a spooky bitch, I like the lore. So I've known a lot, like I've known some of the lore surrounding this creature, but um, until I really started looking into this, I didn't really know that there's actually a true crime story associated with one. Really? Yes. Do tell. Are you, are you ready? I'm fucking ready for this. Okay. This happened in 1661. Jesuit relations document. This was found and this is what it said. Um, I'll just like read it verbatim. It said, what caused us greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely the men by our conductor to summon the nations to the sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming, had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those mm. poor men, according to the report given to us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us and not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They were afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affected their imagination and causes them a more than canine hunger. This mm. makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like vertebral werewolves and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite, ever seeking fresh prey and the more greedily 
and the more or the more greedily, the more they eat. This ailment attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course from their madness. Whoa. So that's a firsthand account. Yeah. And then again, in so this is kind of like saying that maybe perhaps they had that Wendigo psychosis, may, like the disease, maybe they had be- become the creatures themselves. Mm-hmm. We don't really know, obviously, because this was several hundred years ago. But then in 1878, when a Plains Creed trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner had suffered one of the worst cases of this psychosis ever documented. So he was a trader um, with the Hudson's Bay Company, and he was married to a lovely woman. They had six children together. Um, By all accounts, he seemed to be quite successful. Um, And then in 1875, he uh, acted as a guide for the Northwest Mounted Police. But then during the winter of 1878-1879, he and his family were starving along with numerous other uh, Cree families in the area at the time. It seemed like it was just a particularly harsh winter. And his eldest son was the first of them to die of starvation. Mm-hmm. At some point, Swift Runner either succumbed to the psychosis or he was possessed by a, Wendi- a Wendigo because he killed the remaining members of his family. So his other five children, his wife, and he ate them, even oh. though... There were emergency food supplies coming in at the Bay Company post, which was about 25 miles away. So it's unsure why he didn't even attempt to travel there to get food for his family. Because he had a taste for human flesh because of the Wendigo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he, he, he killed them there was a trial and an investigation and he said that he was that he had been possessed by a wendigo and that is why all of this happened so he never like tried to deny that he killed and ate his family but he like did bring the wendigo into it but so did it work did that work at the trial um no he was found guilty and he was okay. executed I was going to say, in this day and age, can you imagine if somebody would use that as a defense? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in northern Minnesota in the late 1800s through the early 1920s. So this is like kind of relatively recent. Yeah. There were several reports of a Wendigo making appearances, killing people. Um, the psychosis kind of popping up, but each time there was a report, a death followed. And then finally, everything stopped. There were no more sightings. There were no more um, unexpected deaths. And I then, guess they stopped piss- pissing off the Wendigo. That's why. Yeah, maybe they humbled themselves and they stopped being so greedy. Maybe they... 
stopped eating people. I don't know. We don't know what was, we don't know what was going on because we were not there. But another well-known case involving this psychosis was that of OG Cree chief and medicine man, Jack Fiddler. Um, he was known. He kind of made his career for having powers of defeating Wendigos. Hmm. Now, he said that he had defeated and or killed 14 during his lifetime. And um, he said some of them had even been sent by uh, enemy medicine mans or shamans or whatever. And they just like came and they were trying to kill him and they were trying to eat him and they were trying to eat all of the, all of the, the villagers. And... Um, so what did he do? What was his way of getting rid of these damn things? I don't know specifically, but that's I don't really think that's not the point. Because his brother, Peter, was killed after turning into a Wendigo when the food ran out on a trading exhibition. So his brother turned cannibal? I don't know. Yeah. But he... Um, had to be put down because he was going to turn into the Wendigo. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. You make him you made him sound like a cat for a second. He had to be put down. Well he did. <laughs> That's true. But then there is a movie um very loosely based on the Wendigo, but the guy who wrote it admitted that he really didn't do any actual research on the actual lore behind this creature. So apparently, I mean, apparently it's still like an okay, tacky horror movie. But so this comes from Reddit and uh, the user is Bradley Innovatives or Bradley Innovates. So he writes... This story takes place in the back country of the area I grew up in. Be warned. Some of this may be frightening for some. Reader discretion is advised. So back in 2019, I remember there being a big uproar of unknown creatures roaming the forest, like Bigfoot and Skinwalkers. But this story isn't about them. This story is about probably one of the scariest things I think I've ever heard about, the Wendigo. A few months ago... After one of my friends, Jacob, mentioned this big uproar, I went to go see him since I had been away enlisted in the United States Marines. I got back after being discharged, and one of the first things I did was go and see him. We're having a good old time, and he brought up the idea of going out to this little hangout spot his now ex-girlfriend took him to when they wanted to get away for a few hours. So I decided, why not? So I grabbed my gun and we went out to this extremely secluded area and started messing around on the old dock that was there. It had been pretty much forgotten by the looks of it, poorly maintained, and some boards were almost completely rotted through. So about 30 minutes into our shenanigans, Jacob brought up the topic of the Wendigo. The names even sounded a little scary for me. Curious, I asked him about it. He said that if you went into the woods and said Wendigo three times, you would come across the scariest looking thing you'd ever seen. Me, like called, Bloody Mary. Yeah. There's something about the number three that just like yeah. has a lot of power to it. Same as the Candyman. Yeah. So me calling his bluff, I told him to prove it. To this day, I wish I hadn't. 
We started walking on this little path that led deep into the thick woods close to the Alabama state line. We walked for maybe 20-ish minutes and then decided we were in a good spot. I feel it's worth knowing that it had been raining a lot over the past couple days, so the ground was completely saturated with water. I turned to Jacob and he dared me to do it. I stood there in complete silence. The rest of the forest was almost silent as well beside the tall pines swaying in the wind high above our heads. Reluctantly, I slowly started to say it. Wendigo, Wendigo, Wendigo. Then, nothing happened. I let out a silent sigh of relief at the fact that nothing happened. One thing about mine and Jacob's friendship we is we loved it when one of us could prove the other wrong about something. In our friendship of 10 years, I think it was the first time I had proven, proven him wrong about anything. We started to talk a little... Uh, we started to talk a little shit back and forth at each other when we heard a noise in the distance. Me, still having the reflexes I had from the Marines, I immediately snapped towards the direction of the noise that um, that were then just turning into noises. I started to move closer to the noises, and then shortly after, we saw a few coyotes running across, moving closer to the noise. And then shortly after, we saw a few coyotes running across the path about 30 feet in front of us. I breathed another sigh of relief, but that relief didn't last long. I knew something was up. I didn't know what was up at first, but I just knew it was time for me and Jacob to leave. As we turned to leave the woods, all of a sudden, a tall pine tree started to groan and creak as it started to come down. Noticing this, and in a pure moment of instinct, I shoved Jacob forward as the tree came falling through the rest of the branches and landed right between us. Jacob let out a cry. Yeah. Jacob let out a cry of terror as the tree landed and I hopped the tree to get him. I could feel his heart pounding like a drum as I grabbed him by his shirt and I yanked him to his feet. He was still terrified and probably practically crying as I screamed at the top of my lungs. Move, Jacob. Fucking move now. I spun him around really hard, causing him to fall to his knees. I quickly got him up and we both started to sprint down the path back in the direction we came. I didn't dare look back and neither did Jacob. Um... I was sprinting through the woods when a familiar sound came from behind me. Jacob, Jacob, come quick. It was the sound of Jacob's younger cousin, Olivia. He turned around, tried to get past me. The whole time he was screaming, Olivia. I tried to stop him and said, Jacob, look at me. It's not her. Did you hear me? It's not her. Just then, another pine street pine tree started to buckle. I saw it in time to tackle Jacob down to the ground as both of us were nearly crushed. I screamed at him once more to go and get out of here. We need to go now. As I was screaming, I pulled out my gun and aimed it down the trail in the direction of where we came. Jacob made it to the opening of the trail and turned back and noticed I was aiming my gun down the trail. Bradley, get out of here. Come out and hurry. I turned and started sprinting towards him. As we made it into the clearing a good 50 feet, I turned and me and Jacob both saw it. The thing we had ushered into showing itself, the Wendigo. It stood about nine feet tall on its hind legs. There was practically no meat on its bones. It had really skinny legs and even skinnier arms. Its skin a pale white, almost like a vampire's. But the thing I noticed the most about it were its eyes, a vibrant blue, almost like a lightsaber blue for those who have seen Star Wars. Having had enough fear, I raised my gun and fired it. Jacob, not sticking around to see if I had killed it, turned and ran towards the car. I did the same as he passed me. That was my first experience with the so-called Wendigo, and I pray almost every night I never have to encounter something that terrifying again. 
Wow. Mm. Couple of thoughts. Good thing he was a Marine. Yeah. Can you imagine if it was just the average person? They probably would have been even more terrified. Mm. And also, the Wendigo made its way all the way down to Alabama. Well, you know, they they are cursed <laughs> to just wander the wilderness forever. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you think of Bradley and his story? You think he was making it up? You think he was telling the truth here? Well, see, here's the thing. It was on Reddit. We have to put that into consideration. It was on Reddit. <laughs> but, you know, people with ghost stories and encounters with anything paranormal or supernatural, um, I I believe that their experiences were real for them. You know? Whether yeah. it's real, like, because what is real? Are we real? I don't know. Because I, I mean, like, like, you and I could be sitting right next to each other experiencing this, like, looking in the same direction, and we're going to see and experience, like, those same moments that we're together differently. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard people talk about, you know, the sky being blue? Well, how do I know your blue is the same as my blue? Exactly. Yeah. So And he was very he was very descriptive. Yeah. I'll give him that. I hope I for one never run into a Wendigo. Same. I know they have something similar down in Australia. It's called a called a uh, Wendigo. Ate my baby. I can't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was going to get you to laugh that time. I thought wrong. You already said that one. I know, <sighs> but I said it in a different way. <laughs> but anyway, um, there are a bunch more other stories out there about Wendigos. There's, you know, YouTube videos up the wazoo. There's a movie. If you're interested, um, I just picked this story out because I found it to be um, the creepiest with like the trees falling down and they're running. And then it also almost ties in a little bit with my last episode of like the Bloody Mary and you have to say it three times. And Mm -hmm. I liked it. I'd never heard of the Wendigo before. I'm going to keep my fucking guard up now, though. Yeah. If I'm in the North Country. Yeah, as you should. You are kind of in the North Country. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So that does it. If you want to see creepy, spooky, haunty pictures of the Wendigo, head on over to our social media. You can come see pictures from this episode, previous episodes, and future episodes, depending on where you're listening, when you're listening. That is Instagram. Um, unnatural the podcast we also have a facebook page unnatural a true crime podcast if you have any spooky stories cases you want to hear us cover let us know you can dm us on any of the socials or also send us an email at unnatural the podcast at gmail.com we also have a patreon page 
where you can get early access to ad-free episodes, bonus content, and more. And it is also a great way to support us so we can continue busting out these episodes for you every week. That is patreon.com slash unnaturalthepod. And as always, another way that you can help us that won't cost you a dime is to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or I think even Spotify and Google let you give ratings now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So do that, and we will talk to you next week. No, in a couple days. Yeah, we will talk to you in a couple days even. Yeah, we've got a special episode dropping on Friday, a spooktacular finale for Haunty Spook Spook An extra special Haunty Spook Spook. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. In the meantime, if you ever find yourself out in the woods, do not utter the words Wendango three times, because like we say every week, make good choices. And don't get got. Bye. What if I say Beetlejuice three times and I'm in the woods? I will show up in my costume. (laughs) I can't wait to see that. When dingo, I always want to say dingo, but that's not what it is. You could have a Wendigo on your tail. Yeah. So. What if I don't uh, have a tail? Are you I'm just sorry. like uh, trying to irritate me today? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that resulted in a big, big pour. No, I'm not trying to irritate. I'm trying to lighten the mood. I guess it backfired. <laughs> You're acting like a 12-year-old. What are you talking about? Ooh, what if I don't have a tail? Shut up. You have a tailbone. So there. It's true. <sighs> I'm already boring you? We just started. You always bore me. Fuck off. <laughs>